Hello and welcome to this vidcast, which is devoted to two topics frequently used in the academy, growth and technology. I have decided to illustrate these two topics through an operation which is quite far from the classical and traditional cloud or artificial intelligence industry. Namely, it's the acquisition of Hella by Forestia in an industry which is automotive industry, car equipment manufacturers. Let's first start with the acquirer, the purchaser in a few dates. In 1987, what was named at that time Group PSA Peugeot Citroën, decided to outsource a big chunk of its manufacturing activity, the production of pieces, components and parts. The objective is to spin off a business which will then be able to access other customers than PSA, external customers. After 10 years of activity, SIA is going to acquire Bertrand Faure in the seating industry. Bertrand Faure plus ESIA becomes Forestia. Up to 2015, Group PSA still holds more than 50% of the shares. They are going to sell some shares in 2015 and go under 50%, but they still have more than 50% of the voting rights. It's a controlling interest. The story stops in 2021 with the merger of PSA and Fiat Chrysler, which becomes Stellantis. At that time, PSA still holds about 39% of Forestia shares, but all these shares are going to be distributed to Stellantis shareholders. And now Forestia is a fully independent auto part manufacturer. Now, to understand the evolution of the group, we have to go back to the mid-80s. At that time, there is a fierce competition coming from the Japanese car manufacturers in the United States, in Europe. Consequence, collapse of car manufacturers, car OEM profitability. Their profits are out. They understand that they have to invest a lot to improve productivity and quality. But when you invest, you consume financial resources, which why now you're going to mobilize debt, and or equity, are you going to issue bonds or shares? Bonds, it's a little bit difficult because the bankers are not 100% convinced that you are going to survive to the crisis. Shares, well, it's difficult because you are generating losses and nobody knows what's going to get out of this crisis. So if you have to invest and you have no money to invest, what do you do? You have somebody else to invest on your behalf. And that's basically the beginning of massive externalization and outsourcing from OEMs. Now they outsource to their suppliers, which are named subcontractors at that time, and which are going to progressively become equipment manufacturer, co-designers, and so on. But these people, in order to help their customers getting through the crisis, they have to generate massive productivity improvements. In a fixed-cost business, you can achieve that with economies of scale. So these suppliers and subcontractors, they are going to buy their competitors, more or less transforming a fragmented industry into a kind of restricted oligopoly. And in some businesses in the car industry, there are two, three or four players for a geographical area such as Europe or the United States or even for the world. Now, together with the transformation of the industry, there will be a massive transfer of skills and competences from the OEM to the supplier with growth 
and competences transfer, what will come is negotiation power, a bit more now in the hand of the suppliers. This transformation was so big that even an equipment manufacturer like Magna considered at a certain moment to become a car manufacturer and wanted to buy Opel. Opel was in the end acquired by PSA, but this is the illustration of this massive transformation of the industry. Now, as far as Forestia is concerned, after the merger between Bertrand Faure and Asia, the company is generating 4 billion euros in sales. And it takes only 15 years to move from 4 to 18 billion euros. Now, after 2014 and 15, there is a stabilization in the revenues to 18 billion. Then growth is transforming to stability maturity. Of course, in 2020, the revenues are down. That's COVID. What about the commercial profitability, the return on sales, operating income divided by revenues? It starts at a low level in the beginning of the 2002%. Then it turns red because of subprime. The profitability and return on sales are restored at the beginning of the 2010 decade. 2-3%, and then it goes up. It goes up, up to 6% and more in 2017, 18, and 19. So the company is going to triple its return on sales, which of course disappears in 2020. Again, that's COVID. Now that's about the return on sales. What about the assets productivity? Assets productivity is very much impacted by investment. The capital expenditures, capacity, manufacturing, productivity, maintenance, and so on and so forth, are going to be reasonably consistent with the evolution of the revenues. But the big change from 2004 to today is investment in research and development. If you observe the evolution of revenues and sales from 2004 to 2019 or today, it's about plus 50, plus 60 percent. If you look at the evolution of investment in R&D, it's multiplied by three, from 200 million to 600 million euros. So that's absolutely dramatic, and it is very much increasing the fixed assets of the company. The balance sheet will also grow as a consequence of some acquisitions. Hug in 2018, and a very big one in 2019, Clarion. Now, when your balance sheet is growing, how do you finance your growth? You first mobilize your working capital requirement, and if you reduce the working capital requirement, it contributes to the financing of the balance sheet. Back in 2003, the working capital requirement is slightly positive and represents 5% of revenues. Then it goes down, and today it's minus 15% revenues. So Forestia saved the equivalent of 20% to revenues, which is a huge amount of money. And today the working capital requirement, you remember, inventories and receivables, net of payables, is no more use of funds. It is a very significant financial resource. But it was not enough. If you look at the assets productivity and its evolution throughout the years, one euro invested in business operations in 2003 was generating three euros in revenues. A few years later, it's about six euros. So they doubled the assets productivity. 
Now, starting in 2016-17, first because of investment, including R&D, and acquisitions, including Clarion, the assets turnover went down. In 2019 and 20, the further drop in the assets turnover is due to an accounting reason, which is IFRS 16 and the capitalization of right of use assets. Now, what is the evolution of the return on capital employed? You remember, EBIT divided by capital employed. It's a combination of a return on sales, which is up, multiplied by the assets turnover, which is up at first and then down. The return on capital employed is how much profit you make when you generate revenues, multiplied by how many times per year you generate revenues equivalent to invested capital. Of course, the situation is dramatic up to 2010. But in 2010, Forestia is recovering from the subprime crisis and the Rose will be 20% up to 2019. The maximum is 2017 with almost 30%. Then it goes down to about 15, 16% in 2019. And it collapses in 2020 because the return on sales has simply disappeared. It's always very interesting to confront the evolution of the economic performance of a company and value creation. You remember this very strong principle in corporate finance. Value is created by performance and profit. Now, the economic performance relative to invested capital is named the ROSE. The value creation relative to investment in business operations is named market to book. You calculate the enterprise value, which is market capitalization plus net financial debt, and you divide that by the amount of money which you read in the books invested in business operations, capital employed. When enterprise value is more than capital employed, the market to book is greater than one and you create value. When it's less than one, you destroy value. What is very interesting to observe at Forestia is that there is a strong correlation between the market to book and the return on capital employed, which is absolutely natural. Obviously, when the company is suffering the subprime crisis, the stock price is still reasonably okay because the market trusts the ability of the company to get out of this crisis. And then you have a nice correlation between Rossi and market to book, except in 2017, when the stock price is skyrocketing for any reason. Then it goes down to consistency. And if today the Rossi is zero, but the market to book is about 1.3, it's because, again, the market trusts the ability of the company to get out of the COVID crisis and restore its performance. Now, this is about the story of the company and it's about yesterday. What about today? Today the landscape is dramatically changing in the car industry. You know that it's absolutely strategic to get out of thermal engine, which still represents 25% of Forestia revenues. The company has to move towards the electric vehicle. The company has then to keep on intensifying R&D, electronic, software, and so on and so forth. But the day you want to do that, you have to insource technical skills and competences again, not by transferring businesses from OEM, but by convincing people to work in your R&D labs. And in the meantime, 
Also, again, you have to realize economies of scale because as you are massively investing in R&D, you have to be able to amortize these R&D costs over volume growth. You understand that in this world, there are a few key words, technology, electronics and software, growth, economies of scale. Complement to these two key words, again, competences, to attract and to retain an industrial credibility because you are able now to transform R&D and innovation into product, quality, service and productivity. The announcement made by Forestier on the 14th of August this year is very consistent with what I described. The company buys 60% of Hela shares held by the founder's family for a kind of Global valuation for 100% of the shares of 6.7 billion. Then the company is forced to launch a takeover on the remaining 40% of the shares, basically at the same price, 60 euros per share. The Hella stock price is going to fluctuate a little bit on top of 60, waiting for a potential counter offer. Then it's going to stabilize at 60 euros. Now, the capital markets warmly welcomed the announcement by Forestia, whose stock price immediately went up by 12%. Now, the increase in the stock price is perfectly justified by identified synergies. Product portfolio. Hella has a real competence and credibility in lighting and electronics, two key areas for the electric vehicle. And Hella has a strong reputation with car manufacturers in Germany, premium brands. Forestia brings a fantastic geographical footprint, which is perfectly complementary to Hellas One, Americas, China, Japan. The company announces that combined cost savings and sales growth are going to generate an incremental operating income EBIT of minimum 200 million euros in 2025. Now, in the same financial communication, Forestia announces that combined Forestia and Hella revenues represent 23 billion euros in 2021, and it will be 33 billion in 2025. Let's compare and benchmark Forestia and Hella first on business operations. Revenues Hella, about 6 billion euros. Forestia, 15 billion in 2020 and 18 billion in 2019. So Forestia is from 2.5 to 3 times bigger than Hella in terms of revenues. The commercial profitability of Hella is significantly more than Asia. 14% as opposed to 10 for EBITDA. 8% as opposed to 6.5 for adjusted EBIT. And the asset's productivity is also bigger. 2.7 for Hella as an asset turnover, 4.2 for Forestia. The consequence is what? You can observe a rosy of 16% for Forestia in 2019, before the crisis, and it was 20% for Hella at that time. Now, interestingly, revenues are three times as much, headcount is the same. 36,000 people for Hella, 105,000 for Forestia. The same number of engineers and researchers in research and development, about 8,000 for both. 
which is quite interesting in terms of R&D intensity. Now, research and development expenses account for 10% of revenues at Hella and 8% at Forestia. As revenues are 2.5 to 3 times as much at Forestia, you understand that Hella has much more integrated and insourced its R&D activity than Forestia. Now, the stock markets give a very interesting perspective in terms of benchmarking. If you look at the revenues, it's three times as much. If you look at market capitalization, Hella is bigger than Forestia. 6.3 billion for market cap, Hella, 5.5 Forestia. The enterprise value is the sum of market cap and net financial debt. No debt at Hella. So the 6.3 of market cap is transformed into 6.2 of enterprise value. 3.3 billion euros of debt at Forestia which is going to be part of the discussion in a few minutes. Then the enterprise value is 5.5 plus 3.3, it's 8.8. Now the market definitely gives a premium to Hella against Forestia. The enterprise value of Hella represents one year of sales, just half a year for Forestia. 2.6 times the capital employed, 1.3 times the capital employed at Forestia. So you understand that there is a 30% value creation at Forestia when there is a 160% value creation at Hella. And only the enterprise value on EBITDA multiple is consistent between these two at about 7, which is quite a benchmark for the industry. So Forestia is going to buy a company which is bigger in terms of market value. Then the question is, how are they going to finance this acquisition? If you look at the gearing, debt over equity, or the financial leverage, debt divided by EBITDA for Forestia in the past, it was absolutely dramatic because of the subprime. Then the company restructured its balance sheet and significantly reduced its gearing, its debt, its leverage, down to zero or almost. As a consequence of the acquisition of Clarion in 2019, debt to EBITDA and debt to equity went up. And as a consequence of COVID, EBITDA almost disappeared. This is why the leverage skyrocketed in 2020, but debt over equity went up to 0.5 in 2020. Now, there is some debt. When there is debt in the balance sheet, how do you finance this massive 6.7 billion acquisition? First, the founder's family, the Hug family, accepts Forestia shares against their own shares, and they become a significant shareholder of Forestia, with 570 million euros of value. In addition to that, Forestia is going to issue shares for 800 million, but there are still 5.3 billion euros which are missing. It's going to be debt on bonds. I did a few simple calculations based on the first semester accounts of Forestia. And in my opinion, net debt at the end of 2021 should be 3.5 to 4 times EBITDA. Of course, the company announced that they are going to significantly reduce the leverage and they made a commitment, which is down to one in 2025. Still, at least in the short run, it's quite a significant amount of debt. Now, a few comments to conclude this vidcast. Well, it's about growth. But you remember 80s, 90s, 
growth to amortize the manufacturing cost so that the PL of the OEMs is improved by cost savings from their suppliers. But now growth to amortize massive R&D costs, which are certainly going to keep on growing in the future. So it's about growth, but for two different objectives. Of course, as in any merger process, the quality of execution will be absolutely fundamental. It's about integrating teams. It's about making people work together. It's about implementing the synergies. That was growth, not about technology. If you look at the technology intensity, research and development divided by sales, Hella is R&D intensive. The company spends 10% of its revenues investing in research and development. If you remember other companies we observed, Coinbase, Snowflake, others, oh, it was 20%. Of course, 20% is more than 10%. But for Hella, it's 10% of 6 point something billion euros, which is more than 600 million euros. For Coinbase, Snowflake, and MongoDB and others, it's 20% of a few hundred million dollars then it represents 100, maybe 150 or 200 million dollars. So relative to revenues, it's bigger, but in absolute terms, Hella is investing much more. Now, is it reflected in the stock market multiples? You remember Hella, enterprise value represents one year of sales, but for Coinbase and Snowflake and Square, and MongoDB, it's 20 to 100 years of revenues. Today, the market value of Snowflake is 80 billion euros, when revenues are 850 million dollars. Are these two different worlds? The answer is yes, but where? Growth again. Snowflake sales increased by 100% this year, and it's probably going to keep on in the future. Then the company is generating losses, which represent 80% to sales. It basically means that when you generate $100 of revenues, you generate $80 of losses. So your costs are exceeding your revenues by 80%. What about Hella? Operating income represents 8% to sales. 6.5 for Forestia. But the sales are stable. It was the case for Forestia, you remember. It's the same for Hella, stable over the last four years. So growth definitely makes a difference. Of course, Forestia announces that the consequence of the merger will be growing sales from 23 in 2021 to 33 in 2025. But it's about 10% annual growth, not about 100%. So these are really different worlds. But then the interesting question is, are we going to observe a convergence between these worlds? Are we going to observe the extinction of one of these two worlds or a kind of status quo, meaning that uh, they are going to keep on, coexist on the planet in different industries and in different environments? The answer is quite open. Well, having said that, on a technology perspective, Forestia plus Hella, it's five times more invested in research and development in absolute terms, in dollar terms. 
But then the value of snowflake is seven times the value of Foresia and Hella combined. Let's raise some question. Thank you very much.